The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Citywide, statewide, nationwide, worldwide, we are back for another episode of the Three Man Rush. I am the big O Jerry Ostrowski. She is Sarah Larson. Before I forget, before you forget, smash the like button, <laughs> hammer that subscribe button, help us out. But as always, we come to you on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, brought to you by the wonderful people. At Picasso's Pizza, treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Those game days are getting smaller and smaller, the opportunities. We only got a couple more weeks. But Picasso's, we are Buffalo's Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. Obviously, we will dive into the disappointment that was the divisional games. We will get into some senior bowl. We will get into some possible moves going on in Buffalo. Um, we will get into some um, some uh, championship games this weekend. But first, Sarah, yeah, ask how you're doing. You doing okay? I'm hanging in there. I uh, I was uh, just actually, you know, telling you uh, last week I had the stomach bug, and then in I I flew into Buffalo on on Saturday. Started to feel better, and then I got to to Buffalo, and after I got off the flight, I was like, you know, I'm starting to feel a little down. I don't know what's going on, and by Saturday night, I was uh, pretty congested and had uh, a cold up until probably about Wednesday this week, so I am... I am over being sick, <laughs> so uh, luckily it wasn't anything more than a cold, but um, I, you know, I, the travel finally caught up to me, I think, uh, 
you know, going to so many games. So 42 straight was, is my, uh, is my record right now. So uh, going to so many games without a break, it, it, it's, it's a lot. It becomes a, it becomes, you know, pretty impactful on your body and everything else. So uh, it'll be nice, you know, after, after this week, going to the, the senior bowl, it'll be nice uh, to relax and, and, you know, just get some, some relaxation and sleep. <laughs> no doubt. And, and I, I mean, I get it. I, we've talked about this before on the three man rush. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you take the time every week to hop on an airplane, jump in a car um, <laughs> and, and go watch the bills play. I mean, I, I, I don't know how you do it. Now I, I will say this, I'm, I'm looking to try to get to more games next year. Obviously, we got a game in London we could go catch. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know if anybody's seen the schedule that's come out. Um, man, did you see the schedule yet for next year? Yeah. Well, it's not the schedule. It's who the who we're playing. Right. I mean, who we're know. playing. I mean, I, but, I understand. You know, but... you you win you you win the the division, and that's what happens. You you know, you're you're scheduled. You're slated to play the number one seed for you know the other the the other divisions that you go against and. And then we we play the West to begin with, which you know the West was predicted to be the best you know division in um, in you know the AFC this year, and they obviously didn't uh, didn't show out for that. But you know, so we got Kansas City again. We have Cincinnati. Um, we have uh, LA um, going out to LA, and then we have uh, Vegas coming to us. Um, but I, you know, I think the, the biggest thing is, um, the, uh, NFC, the NFC East, which was supposed to be the easiest division. They ended up being pretty darn good. So we take them on, uh, next year. So it'll be, it'll be interesting, uh, definitely facing some of the number one quarterbacks in, in the NFL. So, you know, top, top tier quarterbacks. So, uh, got a lot of work to do in this off season. I just, um, you know, it's it's amazing to me. Just I don't know. We'll talk about it. We'll get into more episodes, and and also that's why we're doing the Senior Bowl talk. I mean, we obviously know that the draft's going to be highly important for the Buffalo Bills. Um, the Bills throughout history haven't been a team that's. I know they got Von Miller, but that's kind of towards the end of his career. Plus, Von's kind of an outlier as far as things go, and he he's also familiar with cold weather and stuff, but. Traditionally, we have not been a franchise that has really gone out and gotten a ton of high-end free agents just because. I mean, right. if you're looking at, you know, who's offering me money, whatever. Um, and we don't do have I the wanna, money to spend. Right. I mean, do I want to live in point. L.A.? Yeah. Do I want to live in L.A.? Do I want to live in Miami? Do I want to live in Buffalo? I mean, it's the facts, people. I know we love we love Buffalo and everybody, you know, up there enjoys living there, but it's not always the destination place we think it should be, but draft is really important. Obviously we'll get into that here in a few moments. Um, do you want to touch base on the, on the bill season coming to an end right now? You want to talk about that? I mean, I wish I was in Atlanta right now, uh, getting ready to play the chiefs. Um, you know, I, I think we've, you know, exhausted every conversation possible over the, the you know, this week of, uh, how disappointing, um, that game was uh, to the end of the season. So don't need to continually go into it, um, you know, but this is a part that as much as I hate the end of the year and, and going into the off season, it's kind of the part that I love um, the yeah. most. And, you know, I get excited for all this, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm been a little surprised with, uh, no changes happening other than, um, the safeties coach being fired. Uh, I, I kind of expected, you know, a few changes to, to happen and, um, haven't heard anything yet. So, uh, I obviously didn't think we were going to get rid of Dorsey so everyone could stop complaining about Dorsey. Uh, he's first year, you know, not only a first year as our OC first year OC period. Um, I don't think that that was going to, you know, happen, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of as much as I love Frazier and what he does in the regular season, I will admit that I'm over the fact that he cannot seem to get past the hump in the, uh, in, in the postseason. And um, I'm kind of at that that point with him. You know, he's he's not able to adapt or change. And I'm, you know, at the point where I was kind of hoping the Bills moved on from him. I there's a lot of things that bothered me from this football game. Um, first and foremost was the absolute lack of of. I know that that Coach uh, McDermott talked about the effort was there. But it it's something we, we talked about last week on the show, at least, especially, you know, we talked about it defensively, but really it, it was for the whole team. I, I saw something in, in, in Cincinnati that led me to believe that they did not respect the physical, um, the way, that, the, way the, the, the Bills played as far as being a physical, tough team. I just saw that they felt that they were the tougher team, and they were. I mean, if you watch that game from the first play, they hit the Bills in the mouth. Nobody responded. And that was troubling. Um, one of the other things to me that was um, incredibly troubling was the fact that we have been dubbed. Like I, I don't, I can't even tell you how many times I heard it this week. I'm down here before the game, like, "Hey, man, it's going to be like 32 degrees and snow. It's just how the Bills like it, you know. Huge home field advantage." And once again, we played like really badly in 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 bad weather. We did yeah. we didn't play well. Our defense is a speed defense. They were on ice skates the whole game. They didn't look like they were, you know, Ed Oliver, no footing from him. I mean, you just saw that all and on, and that bothers me. Is yeah, we're and that's forward. a lot of people. A lot of people, you know, actually were were making jokes, and um, I was talking to the person next to me, and I was like, uh, "Is the equipment manager for the Cincinnati Bengals looking for a job? Because um, why why are they prepared and we're not?" Um, cause it, it just looked like none of our guys had the right footing, you know, footing. So, you know, it, it was definitely, I, I hate the, the narrative that the weather, you know, is a home field advantage. It's, it's not, we all got to play in it. You know, they all got to play in it. It's, it's not a home field advantage in my opinion. I don't believe so. that anymore. Science, science and training is taking the home field advantage as far as cold weather away from Buffalo. Everybody plays well in cold weather. Really, it seems to me. Uh, and we talked about this many times, uh, you know, after the Miami game, um, we obviously didn't play very well in hot weather. Um, yeah. Maybe need to maybe need to figure that out. But, no, those are two things. The, the lack of physical play, uh, no response to it. The, the, the lack of, like, not playing well on the, on the, with the snow on the field, that was something. And, again, and as much as I hate, you know, and, you know, we talk about defense and lack of – aggressive play calling from our coordinator. I was just, again, looking at, and John Fina and Joe Miller did a wonderful job this, uh, this week, breaking down a lot of that stuff. We just do not seem to have any sort of rhythm and or concept of what we're trying to do in the run game at all. 
I think I, I think John hit it on the head. I think Dorsey understands the passing game. I think we have um, players that can make big plays. I think we we are we are built to throw. Obviously, Josh Josh Allen's tremendous thrower of the football, but we don't do enough in the running game to 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 be able to just go out and just throw all over the place. We have to figure out a way to scheme our running game. We have to figure out a way to get our running game going again. And it, what's funny is, is that I listen to the ticket out of Dallas most every day. And I listen to a show called the Musers, which I believe is the best sports radio show in the country. And they are, they're having this, Sarah, the conversation you and I are having they they have the same conversation down there every morning about the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're doing something different. They did fire a bunch of people already and they probably are going to fire the offense coordinator next. So it's it's not like they're just sitting back and not doing anything about it. But all this, all the things they have, hey, lack of running game. Um, we got to get Zeke going. We don't. We're not getting him going. Why? All these things that we're talking about. Um, you know. Don't you think it boils down way. though to our our offensive line though? In, in the end, I mean, Singletary's numbers weren't terrible when when you know uh, when he actually you know was running the ball. But I, I feel like, you know, play calling is probably number one. And then the offensive line being able to block for our, our run game seems to be lacking. So, I mean, as an offensive lineman, obviously you probably have more of an opinion about that. But we need to do some things. We need to do some things in the running game. I think we have some talent at running back. Do we try to get one other running back um, in the draft? Maybe later. I think one thing looking at the senior bowl and these rosters, and we'll get into some stuff. I don't think this is a wild draft as far as offensive offensive linemen go. I don't think this is a draft where there's, you know, three or four top 10 guys. I think this is a draft that is loaded with mid-level, say second, third, fourth, fifth round players where you can really get some value. You can worry about other positions earlier and you can really obtain some talent. Um, later in the draft, I think you got a ton of dudes that are a lot alike. They're they're tackles or they're guards that can be swing guys. They can play outside. They can play inside. Um, but they're all big, huge individuals, and and you know they can move people off the football. I think that's what we want. I mean, whatever they do up front, they've got to get tougher and they've got to get more physical and they got to find a way to establish the run. So we'll get into some of that stuff. I don't know, Sarah. Are you expecting more coaches to be let go? I don't necessarily know if if I don't I don't know if we will. I don't I honestly don't think we will. Yeah, I at this point, uh, you know, I figured if if we were gonna move on from somebody, it would have already happened, in my opinion, you know, waiting the whole week to then let someone go. Um I think our only hope would be is uh if someone gets hired away. Um Frazier though my understanding this is a contract year for him so um whether or not they extend that contract is uh, is another question but you would think that they would be um you know already doing you know some some research and interviews and and whatnot and maybe they are just under the you know under the table a little bit um with a you know prospects for for that role um a lot of people are clamoring for for Eric Washington just because um, the the defensive line should have been better and and it wasn't and you know whether or not that was because you know Vaughn 
was injured towards the end of the year. You know, we had so many rotational guys go down. Um, you know, whether or not they they find somebody else to make a, uh, you know, what's the, you know, what am I looking for? You know, I feel like they, they pick a guy to, to kind of make him the scapegoat. When they did that with the safeties coach, maybe that you know they might find one more person to um, to do that too. I you know from what my understanding though, the guys really like you know playing for Eric Washington. So you know sometimes though these you know these friendships and the respect that they have for um, for these coaches don't don't always work out the way that you know we want them to. Sometimes it's better to have uh, more of a respect than a friendship and. You know, uh, they they might need to do something to to you right. know, switch it up a little bit. You know, different different day this week. We'll be back to our normal time next week on Thursday at nine. We're playing on rolling through the entire off season. We'll be getting into more prospects uh, and things of that nature. We're talking about the draft. Sarah will be going down to the Senior Bowl. I believe Spence is going as well. Um, I am not going to be able to make it. Um, we are doing too much at work, but um, I'll be glad to check in with y'all. But I have to ask you this, and this is a question I wanted to ask you, because I come from this in a different viewpoint. Um, you know, I was a player, and ultimately, and ultimately, at the end of the day, the the player is the one who's held accountable for what's going on. And when you we talk about things, and immediately after the game, we wanted to fire Dorsey, wanted to fire Frazier, wanted to fire everybody, fire all the coaches, fire this, fire that. Um, but really, when you look at it, is this a situation where seeing Kansas City and what they do, now we've seen Cincinnati show up, and they're there again this year. So it's not a fluke. What they did last year was not a fluke. They're repeating history. Um, and understanding that we've lost to both of those teams now in the postseason, is our roster just not good enough? Do we need to get better? Does our roster need to get extremely better to be able to beat those teams in the playoffs, or do we just need to tweak it a little bit? I, I mean, I think we need to get extremely better in a couple positions. Um, I, I We definitely need a number two wide receiver. Is you know I think that Gabe excels more in you know a kind of a fourth wide receiver role. Um, I think that we definitely need to to look at the line, um, the offensive line. Uh, I had tweeted the other day to to move Bates back over to um, to the left side and then you know go out and get a right guard and a right tackle. Spencer Brown, hopefully healthy, he's going to come back next year in in be the person that we thought he was going to be. Um, but I think that we need to draft somebody just in case he's not. Um, and then, you know, Saffold just wasn't what we, any of us expected. Um, so I don't see him coming back unless he takes a huge discount. Uh, and I still think that if he takes a huge dif- discount that he might not be the starter next year. Uh, he might be the, uh, the rotational guy. So, um, you know, we do have some pieces coming back, you know, on the line that were injured this year. I think Ike being healthy will be a good thing, too. So, um, but then, you know, Singletary is going to be gone. I I definitely think that we're not going to re-sign him. So, we're going to need to, you know, get another running back. I prefer going to, you know, the draft way to get another running back. 
So we'll we'll see how it all you know works out. But I think on offense, that's kind of where you know where we are. We're three pieces short. I think that we bring Beasley back um, so that we are you know solidified in the slot, and then you know give Shakir a little bit more touches. I don't think McKenzie will be back. I think he'll be a cap casualty. Uh, and then on defense, you know we're gonna have we have a couple of those one year contracts that are up. Um, I'm gonna be sad to see you know. Lawson and Phillips go if we can't seem to re-sign them. Um, they are two, you know, player favorites. Um, you know, I think that uh, when you when you when you watch them, they want to they want to play. Even even when we were losing, they were trying to hype up the the crowd. And um, you know, I would like to see them come back. I think our best offseason signing though was was Daquan Jones. Other than you know Vaughn, obviously. Um, but Vaughn won't be playing until probably, you know, sometime after Thanksgiving next year. So, uh, we're gonna have to figure out a lot of those things. Uh, I, I could see us moving on from Oliver and trading him, um, instead of hitting that, getting that cap hit. So, uh, I, like I said, this is a part of the season that I actually really get kind of geeked out for. (laughs) I like to see all the, the different things to maneuver and how we're going to free up cap space. Uh, so, you know, we'll definitely get into to more depth of that, you know, um, as the weeks roll on. I think I would, you know, to go on your, your wide receiver bit, I think I would really like to see Buffalo do, do what the Eagles did, which is go out. And if they had to trade their first round pick where they're picking and you look at the, the players that are there, um, I don't. I mean, if you could move that pick to go get a veteran or get somebody that's proven, I don't have a problem with that. Um, you know, it's or just, or you know, it's obtain just some the people. money. Yeah, it's right. Just it's the a money, money thing so. too. You're saving, but you're saving money by getting out of that first round as well. So maybe you can swing it, but you know, they have Not to get size. Million dollars. <laughs> yeah, but they got to get some size. Yes. they got to get some size at receiver. That's yep. the other thing is that. I think they've got a lot of good talent receiver. The problem is it's all five foot four. They've got to get some bigger players. <laughs> and I, I mean, I know that's an exaggeration, I but it's Dick's you know six one, isn't he? <laughs> he might be. But a little that's but yeah. Four. But if you put if you put six foot one digs next to next to Brown from Philadelphia, next to some of these receivers in the league, he is not big. Yeah. Um, I we need to you know. Eric Molds was a big physical receiver. I, we need to get somebody that's got some size to offset some of the other guys. So if we do that, I like to see you know them go out and try to find somebody. But I'm not I'm not opposed to picks or to move picks or whatever. But I will say this: when you look at cap situations, you're going to have to go to the draft and get the talent because yeah. that's where the cheaper players are. Yeah, so, and that's what we're going to have. To, I mean, we're going to have to – we'll restructure Josh um, to free up, you know, 20 – I think it's $21.5 million when, to, to restructure his, his contract. Um, but we're already, like, $8 million over. So um, right. it'll pretty much, you know, we'll restructure Josh, hopefully use that money to, uh, to extend uh, Edmonds, and then the rest of it's going to go towards – you know, the draft and, and the money that we're already over. So um, there'll be a couple of other restructures that we're going to have to do, uh, you know, and it'll be, it like I said, it'll be interesting. I have a feeling we're going to have some upset people with some of these trades, but I would not be surprised if we got rid of a piece or two that people would be 
extremely, you know, not not upset about, but just surprised about. Like, you know, Oliver on his fifth year option, he's definitely a a prime target to to trade. He's a prime target to trade, but the beautiful thing about it is, you know, that you're getting him on a fifth year option. So, um, he's but not. I don't know if as... he's worth. I don't know if he was even if he's even worth the ten plus million dollars <laughs> that he's due this year. He did yeah, not he... play that well the, this whole season. Well, I don't think he played poorly. I don't think he played. I don't think he was. He had moments. Yes, he did have yeah, moments. And really, what do you. dollar moments. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, let's. You want to get after that. You know, who, there's a lot of other but guys then, you can do the same thing about. If Yeah. But if they're not going to re-sign him, then you, you're basically paying $10 million for a one-year rental. And they're not going to get anything for him at, you know, um, at the end of the year because he'll walk. So. If they're going to be able to get something for him, well, and trade him soon. That's my just my opinion, right? My man Spence down here is writing that he's not worth ten point seven million, but we also know where Spence wants that ten point seven million to go. Um, <laughs> you know, Spence wants to give the ten-year vet ten point seven million dollars. Um, we we understand that, but when it comes to cap situations, Spence, it's hard to uh, it's hard to manage caps with feelings. Um, and you're right. I mean, if you can move Ed, if you, if you think you get some players for him, move him. But I don't know. I mean, this is this is the problem you have when you pay a quarterback, which pays yeah. quarterback. Well, and that's so we're gonna have to if we're gonna if we're gonna trade for a wide receiver, we would have to trade for somebody who is still on their rookie contract that has you know done well. Um, but like someone like Jerry Judy, you know, um, he you know he's someone that we could we could pick up. There, and that's a great pickup. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, of course. You know, as long as we can do something like that. Um, you know, um, who went from um who went to Chicago? Chase Claypool. Yeah. Um, it didn't it didn't pan out. They did this whole mid year trade and it just wasn't what they had expected. So whether or not maybe they move on from him, I wouldn't mind a, a Chase Claypool here. You know, something like that would work, but they have to be on the rookie deal for it to financially makes sense for us Let's to see. trade for somebody. Richard in the comments said Ed was the ninth pick. He's too small. I, I don't agree that I don't I don't agree that Ed's too small if you build your defensive line right. You gotta have size, you gotta have bigger dudes, you gotta have smaller dudes, you gotta have guys to be able to do both. Um you know I think the thing that hurts Ed more than anything is is you know if you want to go ahead and get a couple more Jordan Phillips type guys that are bigger dudes, that's fine. Um, I don't think that Ed is too small. I think that what they've got going on up front, it's just kind of, it's kind of like, uh, you know, what was it? The year without a Santa Claus. It's kind of like the land of, of mismatched toys. Um, it's just, there's a bunch of stuff that doesn't quite fit. Um, but I will say this, and I, I'm not above criticism of Ed Oliver because he played in the AAC at Houston. I watched Ed play a long, long time. I can show you film from the Tulsa games where the Tulsa dudes got after him. Um, you know, but that's how it is when you're a lighter defensive lineman. If they snatch you, you're going to get moved or you're going to get put down. But you can also go and then make you look stupid because of how fast they are. So, you know, I do think that um, they have to do some stuff up front on defensive line as well. Like you said, I agree with Spence also. Tremaine needs to be there. He has to stay. Um, Tremaine and, um, you know, makes – for what they're trying to do defensively, especially if, if – uh, the D coordinator staying, if Frazier's staying, you got to have a guy like like Edmonds to play that deep center, a deep center field. So 
Um, you know, obviously here we are 26 minutes in and we're talking about, I mean, we could do this all night long. Yeah. Um, but you know, maybe we need to now, before we get into our, uh, championship, our conference championship games on Sunday, let's get into a little bit of senior bowl. Um, we're going to talk a little bit of, uh, running backs and we're going to talk a little bit of not running backs, wide receivers, right? What are you talking to about today? You got wide, wide receivers? Wide receivers and tight end. I, right, I wide receivers, tight, tight ends. End. And I'm going to talk about the offensive line. I'm not going to get super, super in-depth. We'll touch on some things with the line and some different stuff. But Senior Bowl is interesting. It's turned into the game where – and before we get going on this, I'll let Sarah go first. That is unless you want me to. But, no, it um, doesn't matter. I just I, – I have uh, the – all the offensive linemen that are going to be at the senior okay. bowl, I have them scrolling. I'll go first. Um, the thing that's the thing that's interesting to me is this: is that the senior bowls turned into the game where we all know now that the top prospects don't show up. Those guys are off doing their own thing. Most of the top prospects, as far as the really really high profile guys, they don't come out to these games because they're worried about getting hurt or right. you know whatever else. So a lot of these games feature dudes that maybe you haven't heard about, okay? Um, you know, but there's also a bunch of guys that you have, you know, some guys that you have heard about. There's small school guys, again. Um, you got a guy from Shepard that's playing, Joey Fisher. He's an offensive lineman. You know, you got some guys from Old Dominion, uh, which is made to jump up to um, 1A. They're playing uh, Bowl Championship Series. I'm sorry, bowl, yeah, bowl championship series stuff. But if you look at this group, there's one thing that's that's very, very noticeable. Um, they are huge. These dudes are enormous. And, and last year, um, they had a guy named, I don't know if you remember, it's, uh, it's, his last name is Philele, is what I believe is how you pronounce it. He was a huge prospect, okay? This guy was, he was, he was six foot eight. 387 pounds. Okay. You had 11 inch hands. And what that means is they go from the tip of your pinky to your thumb, 11 inch hands, 35 and three eighths inch arms. And he had an 86 and a quarter inch wingspan. Okay. We got a guy this year from Ohio State named Dewan Jones. I don't think that he's going to be as heavy as Philelli was, but he will also be six foot eight, three hundred and fifty nine pounds, and another. He will probably have measurements that are even longer as far as wingspan and hand size and all that. Um, just a tremendously huge prospect from Ohio State. So he leads a tackle group that comes in. And, um, you know, if you look at the tackles, Syracuse, they are representing Matthew Bergeron. Um, Michigan has uh, Ryan Hayes, who's a very, very good player. Um, I like Hayes a lot. He's a guy they're talking about in the second and third round. He's a tackle. Um, he, um, he needs a little bit of work on his pass pro, but he's a guy that can do some things. Uh, Maryland, uh, Jalen Duncan. I'm not sure Voorhees is uh, committed. I'm not sure that he's coming to the game, but if he, I, I don't think he was. He's a guy who plays tackle and guard. But it's funny. You got all these guys, including the Remington Award winner, and I'm going to butcher his name. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. I call him Double O because that's yeah. what I call my son. But uh, Olesigan. Alawatami. Alawatami, yes. 
uh, Remington Award winner, uh, six foot four, three hundred and ten pounds, big physical smasher inside at center. Um, and what's interesting is there, even though he's that big, wins the Remington Award. Uh, TCU Steve uh, Avila is coming in at six foot four, three hundred thirty-four pounds as a center, another second, third round guy. But lots and lots of size in this group, lots of versatility. Like Ole Miss is uh, Nick Broker, a uh, second, third round projection, six foot four, three oh five. And uh, as we go further into the into the offseason, we'll break some of these guys down. Look at who you know we think the Bills should pick. But um, this group's going to learn a lot this week, okay? And this is what this game is all about. When you look at the Senior Bowl game, you want to know how you stack up against your peers, right? You know, and there's going to be a ton of competition at this game. And when I say competition, I don't mean just in drills. I'm talking about seven-on-seven, one-on-one pass rush, all those different things, right? And when you look at – and we haven't gotten into this yet, and we'll do it next week some when when you go down to the Senior Bowl and you start looking at the defense. But when you look at this this offensive tackle group, they're going to have a tremendous amount of uh, opportunity to show their need, to show their worth – because the the defensive end group, the rush end group in the Senior Bowl is probably the best group in the Senior Bowl this year. Um, like I said, a group that's maybe not uh, super filled with uh, incredible star power, but it is a group that has some interesting prospects. And and again, shows just where this draft. You know, every year they come out and they say, "Where's the where's the worth of this draft? Where's the strength of this draft?" And this year's strength, I believe, especially in the offensive line, is in those middle rounds. And I think that that's where you're going to see um, a lot of movement as far as the offensive linemen. Every year the the Senior Bowl has like what they would call its um, its darling of the of the FCS, right? The guy that they bring in, you know, they brought in a guy from uh, if you remember, he's the starting center for or starting guard for the uh, Denver Broncos now. I can't remember his name. It's off the some tip of my tongue, but he went to uh, Wisconsin Whitewater, I believe. And uh, he was the guy that came to the senior bowl. He had the half shirt. The belly was hanging out. He had the red hair or whatever. Well, they got another one of those guys this year, but this time he's from, he's from North Dakota State, and um, he's a big old offensive tackle by the name of Cody, Cody Mock. And um, he's a guy that's a swing guy. He's a guard. He's a tackle, six foot six, three hundred three pounds. But same thing, you'll see him have flowing red hair, just uh, you know, no front teeth. He looks like a hockey player. His front teeth are knocked out. Um, you know, somebody that probably should be in a in a Valhalla movie, right? From a Vi- from the Viking ages. But um, this is this is what the Senior Bowl is about, and um, you'll see some really good prospects. You'll see a lot of things like that. But uh, there's also the little side stories as well, but just some of the names as far as the offensive line goes. Um, Jake Andrews from Troy, Avila from TCU, Bergeron from Syracuse, Broker. Um, you know, a lot of guys that you maybe say, you know, where do they fit? Um, we'll know more after this week. You yeah. know, it's it's a it's a thing where, like, for instance, I want to see what Osiris Torrance does. And this is a player that was playing at Louisiana, not LSU, but he was at University of Louisiana. He transfers to Florida to show his worth. 
and um, against SEC talent, ends up grading out better for the year than he did at Louisiana and has proven himself, and now he's in the Senior Bowl. So um, lots of guys like that. Dudes you might know from other teams. For instance, Juan, uh, Wanya Morris from OU. He's a guy that was at Tennessee. He moved over to OU to finish up his career. So there are some uh, some guys from some big colleges, but I think you're going to see in this group that the colleges have bigger names than the players, but these guys kind of all blend together in their mid, you know, second, third round guys. There's a few first round guys in there, but there are no like uh, you're not going to see the, the fist fight to get the move up to get some of these guys. I think where you'll see a lot of intriguing stuff is that you ever you ever notice when they start the second day and the third day, you have uh, those teams that draft up into the top part, the first five picks or so, they they trade up to get those dudes. That's where you'll see a lot of these guys, I think, taken. All right. Well, wide receiver is, uh, I think, interesting this year. So I think that we're going to – we're definitely not going to see all the same – number of guys go off the board in the first round um, this year, like we did last year. But I feel like uh, there's quite a few wide receivers um, that we can take later on. Um, I can't wait to, to see a couple of them at the senior bowl um, because as much as, you know, people keep on going back and forth with, with some of these wide receivers, I think that the, the three or four that are going to make a splash are going to be off the board before 27. So you feel uh, the same way. You feel the same way I do when you look at these names is that there's a lot of mid round. There's a lot of mid round yeah. value. Again, it's that senior bowl that you're not getting maybe the top. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think like Quentin Johnston, um, I think, uh, um, Nygma, Smith Enigma, um, Addison, Maybe Hyatt and Tillman. Um, I think those guys are going to be off the board in in the first round. Um, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sold on Tillman and Hyatt. Um, uh, just because of the way Tennessee's uh, offense was. Um, so it'll interest me to to see um more from them. You know, this off season, and if you know they're at the combine and and see you know some more things. Um, the, uh, Tillman was hurt most of, of, of the year. So, you know, we don't got, we don't have a lot on him. Um, he was promising in the, in the past, but Tennessee's offense was just set up in a way that, um, they, you know, they're, they got numbers regardless. So I'm, you know, a lot of people aren't happy that I keep on saying I'm not sold on Hyatt, but I also don't think that we need another six foot wide receiver, you know, no, we didn't. so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, on the same page as you is, is needing someone who is more of a big bodied um, type of wide receiver. Um, you know, a lot of people are on, on flowers as well as um, someone that would be available at 27. I think that that's too soon. I think he's more of a second round pick, um, but who I really do like it. That is kind of intriguing to me. And I can't wait to see him in person is uh, Xavier Hutchinson. He's from Ohio, uh, Iowa state. 6'3". He's not as big as I'd want. He's only 210 for being 6'3". I think he needs to put on a few more pounds. Um, but they have him anywhere between like a kind of a 4'5 guy. Um, you know, so I think that he would be available in the second round. Um, you know, and I think that he would be someone that could, you know, I don't want to say he has that upside because 
he the production he had in in college is ridiculous. I mean, uh, the last three years he's went for seven seventy one, nine ninety, and eleven seventy one um, over the last three years. Each year, wow. you know, adding about twenty catches uh, to his his resume. He's both boundary and slot receiver, um, and you know he has size. And strength, there there are obviously some concerns about uh, whether or not it's enough strength uh, at the next level. Um, but he's able to, you know, his his positives are um, he's able to defeat press man coverage. Um, he has a really good ability to uh, run after the catch, which you know we are definitely uh, wanting the the whole yak ability. Uh, is a physical player, uh, player with long arms, and has the ability to create separation um, because of his long arms. Uh, his negatives are, even though he's really good, he's really elite at his route running. It's limited. Iowa State has, you know, pretty much a limited route uh, tree for him, um, and he struggles at creating quick separation. So he uses his hands too much, um, and then he he lacks the the deep speed, but the only other thing is, is that he needs to develop better against the zone, um, but he's really good. He's the one wide receiver out of all these people that I've been looking at that is actually really good um, against man coverage. So uh, I'm, in, I'm intrigued. I can't wait to see him in person. Um, watching him on, on tape, he seems to be bigger than, than he is, even though 6'3 is, is not right. small by any means. Right. Um, the 210, he does seem a little lengthy. Um, but you know, I think if, uh, he gets, he gets in and, uh, starts, starts that physical, you know, the putting on some, some weight and stuff yeah. like that and, and working with the trainers, I think that it uh, could definitely be a benefit. A lot of people are, you know, been talking about the, uh, flowers from, um, Boston college and how he could actually be a huge, um, sneaky pick in the second round. I, again, don't want another 5'10 guy. Um, you know, I don't think we need it. I think we, we're we fine in the, in the slot. But um, someone that he's not going to be at the the Senior Bowl um, flowers, but someone that is is Josh Downs from UNC. A lot of comparables. There are a lot alike. I've watched Josh Downs over the last couple of years because of him being the ACC a lot. 5'10", 180. Um, one of the quicker guys that are going to be at, um, at the senior bowl, he's pretty much a four, four, um, guy, but he is strictly pretty much a slot receiver. Um, he's very limited on the outside. Um, but he did have over a thousand yards this year, 11 touchdowns, which is, you know, uh, terrific. Um, his acceleration is really good. Um, right off the ball, uh, his run after the catch is also really good. And as a guy that's so small, his uh, his contest his contested catches are actually really well. He's seventy two percent with the contest uh, contested passes, which is pretty pretty big when when you're such a small guy. Um, his biggest gripe and the reason why the I don't want the Bills to go anywhere near him is his drops. So uh, <laughs> we have enough of that with Gabe right now and McKenzie. Um, but also because he's so small, he can be knocked off of his routes a lot. So he doesn't have that ability to to shed the um, to shed the defender. So not as interested in him for the Bills' perspective, but because a lot of people are very high on Flowers, um, they're very similar. So I can't wait to to actually watch him 
and see, uh, you know, see what he looks like in, in person. Um, but I think that my surprise guy, and this would be more in like probably fourth, fifth round is Elijah uh, Higgins from Stanford. He didn't get a lot because Stanford's offense was just terrible this year. He didn't get a lot of opportunity, but uh, he is, again, 6'3", 235. He's a big guy, but he still runs a 4'4", 5". Um, so I'm very intrigued to see what he's going to look like, not only at the Senior Bowl, but at the Combine. Um, kind of, you know, DK Metcalf, you know, type of, feelings out there that he could just be a, like a total freak. So I'm uh, looking forward to seeing what he looks like, you know, in person. Um, he doesn't, again, not a lot of production uh, this year, uh, 59 catches, 704 yards though. Uh, he is a precise route runner. Um, again, freaking freaky, freakishly good athlete. <laughs> um, he's very fast for his size and then strong hands. Um, and he can do both slot and boundary. Um, but he's more, he's been heavily, more heavily involved in the slot, but can, um, do very well in the boundary. But, um, he, you know, his, uh, he kind of struggles with the, the press man coverage. So, you know, that's the only concern on the, the boundary for him, but there are notes that he is very, um, coachable. So, it, maybe it's something that, you know, they can, they can coach out of him. Not that the bills have been doing very well developing some of these players, but um, his, uh, his negatives is, you know, again, limited vertical threat. Um, and then the, the, the questions against the press coverage. Um, but I, I can't, there's not a lot of wide receivers that are, you know, that you're going to see that are six, three, two thirty-five. I mean, he's, he's tight end, size but has this well that's what they have him listed as i think you're going to see him do some inline stuff at the senior bowl he's a guy that's going to they're looking at possibly you know yeah, moving a, him a into some tight end stuff yeah yeah, yeah. um so, you know i i think yeah go ahead i'm sorry no i was gonna say so i look forward to to seeing him and i think that he could definitely be something later on um you know like i said probably fourth or fifth round um that the bill should should look at and i, I can't wait to see him you know, it's funny as you look at the Bills and the way we played at the end, by you know, midseason on, and as many as many vertical route concepts as Dorsey's running, um, really the smaller, faster guy probably, you know, it should it he should prevail. Um, but I don't see with us picking twenty seventh. I believe that's where we are. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna pull a second a number two receiver. I don't believe drafting twenty seventh. Yeah, so that's I mean, my dilemma. Is, if, is if, picking twenty seventh? What are you really, honestly, going to get for your football team right. at that twenty seventh spot? And yeah. I don't see him pulling a number two receiver at twenty seven. Yeah, I think that there's only three wide receivers, in my opinion, that are worth a, a round one grade, and that is um, Johnston, um, Addison, and then Smith uh, Nigma from um, Ohio State. Like those, to me, are the only three that are really worth a, a, right. a first round grade. Um, so those three, they're they should be gone before twenty seven. Now, <laughs> if not, um, then I am all, I would be all in on Johnston. I I from TCU. I, he did not impress 
you know, in the the um this in the uh championship game at all. We know this, but he is that big physical wide receiver that, you know, a team's going to love to have. So, um if if he falls, amazing. Do I think we should reach and and try to, you know, trade up to get somebody? No. Um if anything, you know, there's a potential of us trading back into the second round to to get another second round pick um versus now you're thinking yeah you know i could see us trading um, back and really if if yeah and we might need to do that because of the positions that that we need the the number of positions that we need well if you stay if we stay at 27 i don't foresee us taking um wide receiver if i i honestly think if we stay at 27 and the staff does not change the way it is. Um, and I'm not even sure we'd go O-line, but I think if we pick – it'll end up – they'll end up picking safety at 27. They'll end up picking a DB at 27 if they don't have an offensive lineman there that they that, that they uh, that they think should be a, a late-round draft choice. But I'm with you. I mean, look at, look at getting out of the first round if you can. I mean, that would probably make as much sense to me and go Belichick and stockpile picks because you're, again, your value is in those later rounds of the draft. Right. And then you're also, as you, as you pull out of the first round, what are you also doing? You're helping your salary cap, right? So um, it'll be interesting. I, I think this draft is going to be really, really fun to watch just because of who's going to, you know, who's going to make the moves to move up to try to get a quarterback because there's only a couple of those, right? It's it, there's going to be some there's going to be some silly stuff that I believe that happens, but again, I, I think this is this is a draft where your evaluators are going to earn their money because you know I heard I saw I heard something today, um, from I was watching a video a small like a 10, 15 minute uh, video from. Um, Bill Parcells. It was a 30 for 30 short. And it was about a guy that was their Mr. Irrelevant. The Giants picked Mr. Irrelevant in 1983. And it was a story about this guy uh, and him making the football team as Mr. Irrelevant, being the Giants special teams player of the year that year, and then the trials and tribulations that happened to the guy thereafter. And Parcells, when talking about this guy, made a comment. He said, I th- this, is, this is talent evaluation in a nutshell. Because I think it's so easy to look at, you know, I see him, he's 6'3", he's 235, and he can run a 4'5", or a 4'4'5", right? That's things you can see, right? And he, when describing this guy, he said he has, he has all the, he goes, he has attributes that you cannot see. And I was thinking about that attributes you cannot see. What is that? You know, and it's you know, it's it's all those intangibles that we want in the right. locker room, you know. And and I think this is going to be one of those drafts. And the Bills, just as much as they need physical talent, I think they do need to continue to build that team around attributes that you cannot see. Right. And um, because this is a tight team, um, you can't just go ahead and bring anybody into that locker room. It's got to fit right. And uh, talent evaluators this year are going to earn their money. Right. Well, uh, Ralph put uh, what re- uh, receivers that break tackles are available in the draft. Josh ain't throwing yak passes. And that's actually a really good point. Um, something that I've noticed a lot this year 
Um, if Josh can do anything to improve his game, it's to better placement of the ball so that the the wide receivers aren't going down the second that they, you know they catch the pass. Most of them are are diving for it or going up for it. Um, I think that if you know Josh can excel at anything um, more, it would be that and. Um, that is why I've been looking at the, the bigger bodied, um, wide receivers, you know, kind of those that can kind of muscle through all that. Um, I don't think we need any more of the speed shifty guys. Um, we're not gonna, we're not gonna find a cheetah in this, in this draft that, that I've, um, been able to, to see throughout everything that I've been, been looking at. There's no guys that are going to run a four, three or sub four, three, um, so I think that we we need, you know, a, a big physical wide receiver. And that's why I'm, you know, have a little bit of a, a love affair with, uh, I mean, obviously Johnson, he's not going to be there, but Hutchinson and, uh, and Higgins are both two of the bigger, um, bigger wide receivers that, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see where they go. But I think that it'll be more of a, you know, fourth round pick and, Hutchinson, I don't. I, Hutchinson, I think will go late second, early third. Um, so he he's gonna he's gonna move up, especially after the Senior Bowl, unless he throws up a dud. But I think he'll he'll definitely do better. Um, tight ends this year, you know, obviously we just I I, I thought we were never gonna extend um, Knox, and the fact that we did, I I'm extremely surprised to be honest with you, especially the the amount of money we gave him. Um, because I, I feel like we could have grabbed one of these tight ends in a mid round and kind of thrown him in the same position. Um, you know, obviously Dorsey needs to figure out how to get Knox more involved, um, more targets because, you know, the amount of money we're paying him, he definitely needs to be targeted more. Um, there are a couple of, uh, tight ends. I of course took my, you guy because, uh, you know, Will Mallory is going to be out there and, and um, at the Senior Bowl. So I, I picked him to, you know, kind of look at a little bit more in depth um, this offseason. He was supposed to have this breakout year this year. And unfortunately, Miami's offense, they they were, you know, they had a brand new offensive coordinator who was actually just fired today. Um, thank God. <laughs> Um, but you know, it never just, it really never got clicking. Um, so he's a six, five guy, two forty five. Um, he's one of the faster tight ends that are, that are, you know, will be in the draft. He's going to be probably fourth through fifth round pick, I would say. Um, but the, the one, his biggest plus, and yes, he had a, a down year, but um, quarterback rating when thrown at um, is 125 plus over the last two seasons prior to this season. So um, this season, he you know only had about, I think it was 500 and let me look, 538, 538 yards on 42 catches. Um, but like I said, in the years past, uh, the quarterback rating when he's targeted is, you know, through the roof. So um he's definitely a big play threat, great hands. Um, and he has, uh, that burst right off the ball. So, uh, his negatives, which, um, he's going to need to adapt to as a tight end in the NFL is his blocking. So, uh, he, for a guy that's six, five, two he doesn't, 
have that that big frame um even though you know his size says otherwise and it's it was always a problem we complained about it for you know the whole you know last two years and at miami so um I, I look at him trying to, you know, adapt to the NFL that way by by learning how to, to block better. Um, and the other thing is, is even though he has great hands, he's not and, and he's a big guy. He's not good at contested catches. He'll let the smaller guy win sometimes. And uh, that was definitely a gripe that we had. But he has um, he has that ability to to make huge plays and crazy catches when he, you know, it's almost, you know, I think we do it. We say it a lot with Knox too. Sometimes Knox drops the easy ones <laughs> and then there'll be like a ridiculous one-handed grab that is, you know, behind the back and through the legs. And it's just ridiculous. That's kind of how uh, Mallory is. He has that ridiculous uh, catch ability, but he's one of those guys that will drop the, the, the pass that's, you know, right in front of him. So, um, It'll be interesting to see where he goes. Miami, though, is, uh, and I'm not being biased, but we are, you know, tight end you. We are one of the best colleges to produce tight ends. So, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes and how he does in the NFL. It's been a long, it's been a long time since Shockey. It's not even Shockey. We had um, uh, Graham, who was amazing for many, many, many years at, uh, in New Orleans, uh, for New Orleans. So, um, but, I mean, there's been plenty. And who's up at, in Cleveland right now? Um, God, why can't I think of his name? Oh. Um, uh, Najoku. Yeah. So, we have some, we, we've definitely uh, produced some great, tight ends coming out of Miami. So I'll be interested to see how he does in, in the NFL. I don't look to, to Buffalo to be, you know, tight, you know, uh, drafting any tight ends or anything. So, you know, no big worries there. Well, Dawson is, uh, cause I'm, I, Sorry. <laughs> I can't, I can't win with you people, man. I can't win. Why wow, you guys are so hard on Dawson Knox. If you want to and complain about not, people being overpaid, your quarterback's overpaid. He has more completions to the other team than he does his own receivers. Oh, man. That's not true. But I think that Dawson, yes, he had some drops this year. And I've, you know, not always 100%, you know, um, team knocks this year. But with that being said, that is a lot of the scheme, you know, play calling. So, uh, Dorsey needs to get him more involved. Well, here's something for you, and I'll let this will be the last thing I say on the on this topic before we we move on to these championship games. Dorsey or uh, Knox in 21, okay, 49 receptions, 587 yards for an average of 12 yards per catch. His longest was 53 yards. He had nine touchdowns. Right. Um, 2022, he had 48 catches, one less, 517 yards, about. What what is that? Sixty yards less there, or um, no, seven yards less. Um, he only he averaged ten point eight, almost forty five for as long as six touchdowns, three less touchdowns. He basically had the same exact stats as twenty one. Yeah, almost to a T. So, did he have how many touchdowns did he have this year though? He had six. He had six. he had nine the year before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he but, led. He was one of the the um, if not 
I don't I don't want to quote that, but he he led the NFL or was close to leading for tight ends for touchdowns last year. But basically, almost the same stats. So it's just kind of a you know, and I'm I'm nitpicking. I mean, it, and again, it's I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate because so many people don't ride for for Dawson, but you know, when you look at it. Dibble had him doing the same stuff that that uh, that uh, Dorsey does. And by the way, how are you getting on Dorsey? That's your boy. If you're you're gonna be so hardcore Miami, no, I guy. I, I mean, of course. Um, yeah. I think, I, <laughs> That's I awesome. Think, of course. No, what are you Dorsey's saying? My guy. Dorsey's my guy. That doesn't mean That's that awesome. I didn't. I didn't do this. I did the same thing with with Dable. I I I know. You got to be realistic. Um, do I think that? Dorsey needs to figure out our identity. Yes. Do I think that Dorsey needs to play to our strengths a little bit more? Yes. Right. Um, I feel like we go in with a game plan and we have not been good towards the end of the year with adjusting on offense. Um, and, and that's due to, you know, maybe his stubbornness. I don't know. Right. Um, but I think that, you know, we need to figure out why, you know, why we're not targeting, you know, Stefan 10 plus times a game. I like Quentin Morris. I don't, I don't know if we need another tight end. I think Quentin Morris plays as I good think as he's anybody. Great. Yeah. I and, think he's probably yeah. underutilized. We we need to play two tight end sets more with him and Knox at the same I time. I said that. I said that over the summer. I said we, that over I mean, the summer a lot. There's, yep. there's, there's, I think they're both really good. It can help our running game as well. But And they should um, both, be, you know, be tar- and, and Knox should be targeted no less than, you know, six times a game. And if we're right. going to be throwing, if we're throwing the ball 30 times a game, which Josh pretty much averages about that, there's right. no reason why our, you know, wide receiver two shouldn't be getting five, six, you know, throws a game. Um, the problem is, is when you're only catching, you know, 25% of those, uh, it becomes a, you know, becomes a huge problem. So that's we'll, why we we'll, need more consistency at, at wide receiver too. And we'll have a state of the union address probably at some point here in the near future after we get through <laughs> the senior bowl. And we'll talk about how the draft fits in with what we need and what we both think. And if we're comfortable with, you know, uh, Les Brown asks, are we comfortable with Leslie Frazier returning? Um, I'd like to see Leslie use the athletic ability of our players more. I think we're too fast and too aggressive to play passive zone all the time football. But that's just me. I'd like to see us get after it a little bit. But I also do this. I and and I and I I I play devil's advocate a ton. And I and I like to kind of give the what do you think? You know, there's an there was an old show. Do you remember the show Herman's Head? Did you ever watch Herman's Head on Fox? No. There's this guy and he had all these different things and these these emotions in his head, and they would, you know, fight with each other and you know, talk to each other. I do a lot of that stuff, and you know, I still truly believe that yes, Leslie Frazier is the defense coordinator, but if you don't think McDermott's sitting in those meetings all day long, you're crazy. Um, this defense still does and still has a big um, Sean McDermott footprint. You know, it's got his yeah. got his hands in it. Um, so if we want to go ahead, and that's probably why you don't if if you don't see Leslie Frazier get relieved of his duties, it's probably a big reason why. Um, those two work very well together, and that's not always the case. Well, that's with, a, it's with, a, you know, it's a big question too. You know, a lot of people wonder is is this 
Frazier's defense or is it McDermott's? And right, you know, if right. we get if we get rid so of so if Frazier, you fire then, if you really yes. do fire the D coordinator, you fired the head coach and elevating Leslie Frazier to head coach, right? Well, um, I mean, Leslie is technically he's a assistant head coach, but right, right. Um, so you know, I. I I said it earlier, I was kind of hoping that we moved on. I would have loved Brian Flores, um, you know, as, def- you know, our defensive coordinator. He was kind of who I was hoping for at the, uh, you know, towards the end of the year if if Frazier was to move on. Um, but, you know, obviously it doesn't look like it, it's happening. So I will suck it up and, uh, you know, we'll be one of the the number one defenses again next year for the regular season. And let's just hope that we can figure out how to, you know, progress in the, in, you know, the, the playoffs. But speaking of playoffs, before we head out, uh, let's quickly go through uh, this weekend's games. Uh, so we have San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are two and a half point favorites. How do you feel? Um, I think that this is a toss-up game, and I think it's this is a huge game as far as turnovers go. But I will say this. It's a pretty cool matchup because when you look at these two teams, um, the 49ers give up 77 yards in rushing um, a game defensively. They're second in, in the league. Um, the Eagles rush the ball. They're 16th at 121 yards a game, 122 yards a game. But if you look at the passing – uh, numbers. Um, if you if you look at passing, the Eagles are like ninth in pass yards, and the 49ers are twentieth in uh, passing yards. So, basically, what I'm trying to get at is this: if you look at how these two teams go, it's it's the strength of one team is going against the weaker part of the other team for just these couple of deals. Other than that, everything is even. I mean, everything's the same. Um, here's what I'm here's what I'm thinking. If Jalen Hurts stays healthy and they don't turn the ball over, they win the game. I really I, I think the Eagles win this game. I think that Jalen Hurts has won me over. Um, I've not believed or wanted to believe that he was that guy. He seems to be. And when you when you think about him, um, toughness, power lifter, his dad coached him, grinded on him, Saban coached him and grinded on him. Um, He's not scared to get coached hard. And obviously Sirianni, as quirky as he is, can coach some offensive football. So I like Philadelphia. I got them covering. And um, I think they move on to the Super Bowl. So I have 49ers. But I think it all depends on Brock Purdy, whether or not um, Philadelphia. I mean, Philadelphia, I think it's the, you know, kind of the two statistically best defenses you know, in the NFL right, right. now. Um, so it, it's all whether or not Philadelphia with their secondary, which I think has, um, they have a very good secondary, um, their safeties and their their DBs. Um, I really think that it'll be interesting to see how um, he fares against them. Um, if he can protect the ball, um, San Francisco, I feel like will win. Because um, I just love what they're doing on, on offense. Um, when, you know, with, uh, Debo and with McCaffrey, I just, I think, I, I just, I don't know. I, 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 it's also that little Cinderella story, I guess. Um, you know, having him, uh, go to the Super Bowl. I honestly think that, um, the stage hasn't been too big for him yet. 
so if he can, if oh. he can, I mean, if yeah. he could uh, do well and protect the ball, I have I have San Francisco winning. Well, don't um, don't don't kid yourself. Brock Purdy is a is a cocky individual. He believes in no, himself. I, There's I nobody mean, in that stadium. Yeah, I'm that's what I'm saying. It's like it's not going to be too big for him because I don't know if anything's too big for him because he thinks he's the best yeah. guy in the building at all times. So right. I think the only um, difficulty is playing in Philadelphia is going to be hard. Oh yeah. Um, oh yes, it so, is. And I don't, you know, I, I have not checked on the weather or anything like that. Again, let's, you know, say whether or not, you know, home field advantage uh, is a thing or not. But, um, you know, I really I really do think the 49ers are a better team, whether or not they show up, um, you know, on on Sunday, you know, we'll we'll find out. But I do have I do have San Francisco um, winning, even though Philadelphia was my my Super Bowl pick at the beginning of uh, of the year, uh, I've since changed that now to the 49ers so and then the the game that i just hope they beat the crap out of each other and um figure out a way to uh to tie um or you know take each other out somehow or another i know that's not possible in the in the playoffs but uh i am so over you know and the fans could just beat each other up in the stands too I'm so over both fan, you know, fan bases. I'm over both teams and everything else. But we have the Bengals at the Chiefs uh, right now. The Bengals, and I think that this line has changed since uh, since I did the the article um, earlier this week. But Cincinnati was one and a half point favorites, um, but that was when there was some question of whether or not Mahomes was going to be ready to go. So I don't know if the lines changed since. Um, if someone has seen it, they can correct me um in the in the comments but um how how do you feel i i like i said i don't even want to pick a team right now but um i'm gonna say that the chiefs are gonna get their revenge on the Bengals from last year and um and the chiefs are gonna are gonna pull it off but again it makes me sick even saying either one of them (laughs) Well, then you're really going to hate me because I'm picking Cincinnati. Okay. Um, I like Cincinnati. I like Joe Burrow. I like what they're doing right now. They are a team that's built to win playoff football. They're extremely confident. And Patrick Mahomes is not 100%. Um, uh, I would not doubt if there's about eight guys hanging on his leg at some point. Uh, I don't put that past Cincinnati. It's obvious that they they will play and do what they need to do to win games. And um, I don't know. I just like the, I like the Bengals, but is this a, is this one of those games where they can beat Kansas city again? Um, they've already beaten them what, two or three times. Yeah. It is different in the postseason, And right. you know, I, uh, I have not checked. And they beat them last the, year. Yeah. I, I have not checked on the, um, the uh, injury report, but you know, I know that, we didn't rise to the occasion with their offensive line being injured, but um, I don't think Kansas city will be lacking in that area. And um, I think that even though Kansas city's defense is nowhere near what the bills defense should have been, um, I still think that they're going to, you know, create the pressure. Um, Who's a Chris Jones. uh, I think will get after Burrow um, as much as he possibly can. Um, again, it doesn't make me feel any any better saying 
who's I don't care who wins. I I will be honest, and yes, I'm being petty as all hell, but I'm I am NFC from here on out. All right. Well, I uh, like I said, I'm going to go ahead and take the Bengals, but I can't. I really can't. I can't argue with any of that. I think that uh, <laughs> J Dub said Zach <laughs> Zach sweet Taylor the said sweet delay. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> there probably will be some sweep to leg. I would not doubt it. But, hey, uh, appreciate you staying in with us. We're a little bit long this week. Um, next week, you're at Senior Bowl? Yes, I leave uh, Tuesday um, and I'm through there, through the, the game. So, well, so we'll do a show. We'll do a show from the Senior Bowl. Uh, we'll check in during the week. Who knows? Maybe we'll do a little quick spot here and there. You never yeah. know. But uh, yeah, we'll talk we, about. We, we have to talk though about the 9 p.m. on Thursday though. We'll we'll have to see. It. We might have to change yeah. that. There are yeah. some events at at nighttime, so we'll we'll see uh, how that we all. We can works do that. Out. We can do that. Uh, we'll definitely talk about that. But hey, she's Sarah Larson, Big O Jerry Ostrowski, as always. Thank you for listening to the Three Man Rush here on the Buffalo uh, Rumblings Vidcast Network. Hit the like button, smash the subscribe button. Uh, join us weekly. We'll be here through the off season. And uh, we'll go through a little quick rebrand at some point. But we're happy to bring um, Buffalo Bills and college football content to you weekly. Sarah, any last words? No, I'll talk to everybody later. All right, we'll talk to you later. Uh, Have a great week, folks. And as always, go Bills. Go Bills.